I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. We begin our number two, Betting Across America. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds right here at Circus Sportsbook in Las Vegas. And again, we just had Steve Sands on. Great having Sands on, talking golf. Everything going on at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Right now, Victor Hovland, he made a birdie for you, mm-hmm. Wes. Right now, he's got a two-shot lead over Scotty Scheffler and Gary Woodland. But we've seen that that can go away in a hurry. Oh, I believe they showed before we went to break, we weren't able to get it in. But I believe... The most, I think there are only like 55 double bogeys in the final round today. So hopefully not one's not coming for Victor Hovland. By the way, we'll update the prices here. Victor Hovland minus 135. Yep. Scotty Scheffler, 7 to 2. Gary Woodland, 6 to 1. Terrell Hatton, 11 to 1. Chris Kirk, 14 to 1. Billy Horschel, I believe, has now dropped to 2 under. So he is currently 40 to 1. And Matty Fitz is 50 to 1. Then everybody else triple digits. All right. So we'll keep you updated there as they try to uh, get to the home stretch there in the back nine. At Bay Hill. Speaking of trying to get home right now, Nebraska hanging in there. They were down by as many as 10 in the second half, but they fought back. Four-point lead here with about three minutes to go in regulation. One thing to monitor here that we do want to update you on on the Wisconsin side, their star Johnny Davis, who is very much, I think, a Naismith Player of the Year award candidate, and his odds have drifted as such. Not the favorite, but still one of the shorter guys now. Out for the rest of the game with what is called a lower body injury. So... That is something to absolutely monitor because Johnny Davis really is the best player on this Wisconsin program. I know Brad Davison is the senior leader, mm-hmm. the uh, super senior. I believe uh, Trip Tepper said his third senior day game here in Madison. <laughs> but nevertheless, Nebraska uh, only down four here, 224 left to go, I believe. Do we have a foul or a turnover there? Nevertheless, 71 to 67. Of course, Nebraska at close of business, uh, preflop was getting 13 points mm. this afternoon. But. Uh, that was because Bryce McGowan's there. McDonald's All-American did not play. So we'll try to give you a uh, okay. live updated line here. I believe uh, Wisconsin 71 to 67. So Nebraska is going to the line. See if we have one up at BetMGM. We do have a, uh, yeah, this was Wisconsin at the three minute mark. They were minus nine and a half, even money. But now this is a two, a two point game. So Cornhuskers maybe could spoil mm. senior day for the number one seeded Wisconsin Badgers who are going to be uh, number one seed wow. in the Big Ten tournament. They do have a share of the Big Ten title. All right, so we'll keep an update there. By the way, UCF uh, right now has a two-point lead over Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Six seconds to go there. So, again, uh, these teams, obviously, you could Tulsa uh, 10 games under 500. Yeah. This would be quite the upset 
if they could pull this off. UCF we'll keep has been kind of a disappointment. Mm. Remember when they upset Michigan in yeah. December when we thought maybe Michigan was going to be like a top 10 or top 20 team, which they are currently not. But UCF, they, they just haven't gotten off the deck. 17 and 10. They're one of those teams that maybe are going to have to try to be a bid stealer at that American tournament because you got to think Memphis clinched today. We know Houston, mm-hmm. the regular season champion, Houston's going to be there. And then SMU also in the mix right now, but SMU is down 45 to 38. Wow. This could be a bubble watch here. SMU eight and a half for the second half, 77 on the second half total, but Tulane 500 team up on SMU. And speaking of being up, Wisconsin uh, has wow. given up a 10 0 run to Nebraska, but now and they miss a layup uh, uh, crawl here. So I believe there's a foul called, but 72 to 71, the Nebraska Cornhuskers, 125 left to go wow. at the goal center. What a comeback down 10 in the second half. Now to take that lead. So again, you're feeling pretty good. If you got Nebraska in the points in pocket, let's see if they can steal it as a money line play here uh, right now with that one point lead. Uh, we mentioned Loyola Chicago over Drake right now, the under uh, four minute timeout there in regulation. Loyola's got a seven point lead. Uh, 55-48, so the under looking mm-hmm. pretty good there uh, against Drake. Seven and a half on the live number here. And again, we don't think they need it. Yeah. Uh, but Because you, you don't know they are on a bubble uh, watch for sure. But obviously, they win this game today. They don't have to worry about the bubble. No, not not at all. So, uh, you know, Loyola, uh, take care of business today. You don't want that sweaty full no. week because, look, sometimes you worry when you play these uh, early conference tournaments, especially when you're in one of those mid or lower major conferences where it's like out of sight, out of mind, mm-hmm. because you're not there. All these other teams got chances to play their way in. All these other bubble teams, the Virginia Techs and the Floridas and the Indianas and all these other teams, they have opportunities. This is your last opportunity because it's the end for the conference tournament. Tournament. So uh, currently, uh, Loyola 55 to 48 over Drake, about four minutes left to go. A couple other finals to get you updated mm-hmm. on. Colgate takes care of Lehigh 81 61. Colgate uh, covers a 13 and a half point favorite game, goes under the total 144 and a half. They're going to get the winner of the next semifinal here in the Patriot League, Navy and Boston University. And then in the America East, a uh, couple teams that have advanced uh, UMBC over UMass Lowell in overtime, 93 to 85. They'll advance on. Binghamton beats New Hampshire as seven and a half point underdog, 72 to 69. But the bottom line in the America East is it's Vermont's world and everybody else is living in it. Vermont, 25 and five, make that 26 and five, 98 to 59 over NJIT. Wow. It's almost unheard of because uh, 23 and a half, 24 was where Vermont closed over NJIT. It's like you would never lay that in a conference tournament. No. But when it's Vermont and they're the clear best team in that America East, you absolutely would. And they, all over NJIT this afternoon. Uh, one NBA game that is in action right now. They're about uh, two minutes, in, about two and a half minutes ago in the first quarter. Phoenix right now on the road. Marquee matchup against Milwaukee. They've got a four-point lead, 25-21. And again, we're, we're going to talk a little NBA uh, later on in the next hour as well and kind of look at project for the playoffs in the future market there. But uh, look, this banged-up Phoenix team uh, into Milwaukee today. And again, right now in the live numbers, still, still seeing Milwaukee. They've cut that to one, uh, seven and a half points favorite over Phoenix 25-24. What do you make of this matchup today? Does it what's the level of importance if you're Milwaukee to be kind of a, a wounded duck in Phoenix? Well, I I think look, Phoenix obviously lost in terms of the NBA Finals last mm-hmm. year to this team. So, they took it out on them in the Valley of the Sun earlier. This did go up to 9, 9 and a half at BetMGM simply because no Paul and no Devin Booker, but 
this is one of those regular season games that I think is more of a priority than normal because these are teams you know you might get in the finals. And I think you do see the intensity ramp up for these Milwaukee's and some of these teams that are, you know, top three, top four in the East or West, respectively, rather than if you're playing somebody like the Pacers or the Pistons, you know, somebody that's out of it, where sometimes you might see these guys kind of sleepwalk. But so far, 27-26. First quarter here, the total closed at 231.5, but Phoenix with the one-point lead here late in the first quarter. All right, so we'll keep an update on that, but let's also get back to some college basketball too, Uh, and we look at some of these in-progress games. Drake has cut this lead now. We mentioned three minutes ago here, it's now a four-point game Mm -hmm. uh, as Loyola right now. That thing is getting a little bit dicey here in Arch Madness. So all of a sudden, Drake is right back in this. I'm looking at the live number here, four and a half now. Loyola with that four-point lead as uh, time and regulation. Yeah, and if you're on the under like I am, you just want this to end in regulation. This is is not going to go overtime, or this is not going to go over in regulation, I should say. 130 and a half as uh, Loyola does have the ball. 230 left to go, 55 to 51. They could cinch their bid. And wow. Nebraska, by what the way, we, I just shocker. looked over here. Uh, Verge with Alonzo Verge with uh, a pair of foul shots here. Timeout on the floor. Thirty-four seconds left to go. The Nebraska Cornhuskers seventy-four to seventy-one over Wisconsin. Wisconsin, who by the way is a very good team, but if you've watched this team this year. I comment that they've had the golden horseshoe. Now, I did that earlier today when McGowan's got ruled out. And yeah. then if Nebraska wins, then I'm going to go, good call, bro. Yeah, right on. Spot on analysis there. But if you've watched this team all year, if you saw that game against Purdue the other night right. where Purdue had tied the game late, Wisconsin hit like two bank threes in the final minute to win at least a share of the Big Ten title and take Purdue out of the equation. I believe Illinois can still get a share, but... I think uh, Wisconsin is going to be that number one seed in Indianapolis, but they may be heading to Indy with a loss here. Okay, big offensive rebound right now for Loyola. Again, I'm not sure if anybody would still hop in there. That number is shifting with each possession right now, three and a half uh, as they hoist up a three. Drake's going to get the ball back here, under two minutes to go uh, in that game. And again, you mentioned Wisconsin, 34 seconds to go in regulation. They've got the ball yeah. down three to Nebraska. A 12 Yeah, I have not scored in five minutes at the wow. Badgers. Is Brad Davison going to heave a nope. three? That is no good, but Wisconsin's going to get a chance to reset the offense here. So, reminder, Johnny Davis, and I believe we have a foul called oh, on a boy. three-point shot. Oh, I think uh, Chucky Hepburn, who was oh, the one that hit my. the bank shot to beat Purdue the other night. Alonzo Verge, it looks like, got he him there. I believe it. Arms on his head going, yeah. you got to be kidding me. You call that, but... Again, three-point lead right now for Nebraska. And again, if you're if you're taking Nebraska, boy, that's a tough call. Uh, if if you're going to call that the accuracy, yeah, shooting. yeah, that's wow. a, that is that is a tough call. And it wasn't Verge. I think it was uh, uh, Trey McGowan's actually. So Hepburn's going to go to the line for three. By the way, or they did call it on Verge, and he is now fouled out of the game. Alonzo Verge, 26 points boy. to lead the Cornhuskers today. And of course, a reminder: Johnny Davis has not returned for Wisconsin. We don't have any further update mm-hmm. how that's going to affect him. Obviously, for the Big Ten tournament which for Wisconsin is going to start Friday once they get into the quarterfinal round. Yeah, no question about it. So we'll keep an eye of what's going on there. We mentioned that UCF-Tulsa game. It is taking, I would say, 15 (laughs) minutes to play six seconds. This is unbelievable. We dealt with this yesterday. I was on uh, the early shift yesterday with Femi Abebefe down at the South Point. Oh, my goodness. There were some of these games. I think it was Tennessee and Arkansas was the game. They must have had four or five reviews in, like, the final 
two minutes of game time of that game. And of course, me being an IU alum, I'm waiting for IU <laughs> Purdue to come on the channel after that. Right. And of course, we saw it too with uh, Texas and Kansas, where it was like, you know, this is Mike Shashevsky day here at Duke. They've been hyping it for several weeks now. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Texas and Kansas goes to overtime. So that's one thing for college basketball. These like, windows, these two and a half hour TV win or two hour TV windows are not enough. As Wisconsin does hit two foul shots, they're going to try to go for a steal and then eventually have to foul here with Nebraska. Okay. And again, uh, just trying to put the touches on that UCF Tulsa game. I didn't think it would take the whole segment to let that go final. But uh, right now, 71 70, three seconds to go. UCF trying to inbound the basketball. And uh, by the way, it looks like Victor Hovland still has a two shot lead, but. Tyrrell Hatton has snuck into this equation with Christian Kirk. Chris Kirk now at four under. Hatton at four under. Scheffler at four under. Gary Woodwin at four under. All two back of Victor Hovland. My goodness. Talk some NBA. Getting crazy here on a Sunday. Come on back. It is VEASAN, the Sports Betting The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. 
It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today or stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly if you have a problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. Dave Ross, alongside Wes Reynolds, this is Betting Across America. We mentioned in the last segment that it took about 12 minutes of real time to play the final six seconds of regulation between Central Florida and Tulsa. UCF, if you backed UCF laying the two, I believe mm-hmm. is what it was pre-flop, this is a bad beat. Yep. Yeah, and, and you were saying we were waiting a long time. It was worth the wait, though, based on the finish. They are still reviewing it just here to make sure. in Tulsa. But that oh, is about a, a over half-court shot, about 55 <laughs> feet, nothing but net. Looks like Tulsa has gotten the outright win because we didn't we didn't mention the spread that it closed. I think one and a half. It was two at one point, but nevertheless, man, if you've got Tulsa, that is a great win for you. You know, somebody's bad beat is already somebody's great win, and that's what it is for Tulsa. It's been a down year for this team. Ten and nineteen for Frank Cave. UCF, I mentioned wow. they've been kind of a disappointment ever mm-hmm. since, you know, they beat Michigan in December. They never really got off the deck. I don't know why they were reviewing that so exactly. long, by right. the way. That was clearly good. So 73-72, Tulsa, your final score. Also a game that just went final. The number 14 uh, team in the Big Ten Shocker. just beat the number one team in the Big Ten, and that would oh. be the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Been playing good ball mm-hmm. late in the season. Uh, you know, I don't know how much damage they're really going to do being the 14 seed in the Big Ten tournament. They got to be one of the four teams that play the first day, but they get the win over Wisconsin, 74-73. First AP top 10 win for the Nebraska program since 2014. I know Trev Alberts gave Fred Hoiberg the voice of confidence a couple weeks ago, yeah, and maybe that maybe it spurred these guys on because they have been absolutely competitive so far. So 74-73, Nebraska over Wisconsin. And Wisconsin. Guess, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I was going to say Wisconsin right now would be the number one seed in Indianapolis. Okay, and again, uh, Tennessee Chattanooga right now, they've got a four-point lead over Wofford. That's in the semifinal down there in the Southern Conference, 14-10 there. And my mouth was just aghast because I look up and I see Chris Kirk out of the rough on 14 what's he do i mean just mm-hmm. drains it and right now chris kirk with that birdie uh he is now at five under par tied with scotty scheffler at five under par victor hovland is the leader at six and we got pursuers like gary woodland mm-hmm. still two back he's got a birdie putt here in 13 and tyrell hatton who's running out of holes he's on 17 two back but boy, Wes, when you try to look at the live numbers and Victor Hovland right now, I'm still seeing right now uh, the small favorite to get this done. I don't know what the winning score is going to be, yeah. but maybe six under. I could thought be it enough. was going to be seven earlier today, and I think you might be right that it is six. Uh, current odds, Victor Hovland, by the way, I believe uh, is that on the thirteenth uh, tee, hmm. plus one twenty-five. Plus 250 on Scotty Scheffler, Chris Kirk at plus 450 as Hovland puts it in the fairway bunker. Gary Woodland, 10 to 1. Terrell Hatton, 12 to 1. Billy Horschel, 33 to 1. Those are the only guys uh, that are less than 100 to 1. Drops down with Fitzpatrick and Connors. But, you know, those get Terrell Hatton, I know you're saying he was running out of holes, but maybe it's a good thing. Yeah, you want to post a number right. and say, okay, I'm just going to chill and relax. My 400 par you know, and see or if maybe that's... go out to the practice tee and just get away <laughs> from everybody. 
and That's a great let point. these guys shoot at it. It's a great point because, again, sometimes you, if you can get into the house, if again, we'll find out how Hatton comes in here because he's the closest to finishing and right now at four under par as those live numbers go away with which each, each passing shot here. Maybe, hey, you get to four or five and post that number and let the leaders look at it. Uh, 17 and 18 are playing ridiculously hard mm-hmm. to come in here. So if you're thinking about birdieing on the way in, good luck. That's yeah. going to be a really tough task to do here. So Chris Kirk's on 14. He looks good. Just stuck the green there in the par three. Yeah. So all of a sudden, we've got different guys that we were not talking about at the beginning of the day yeah, here. That was Bay a Hill. 50-footer for Chris Kirk, and he is one of my guys. He's my longest shot of the three Ooh. I got in the mix here. Horsel's kind of falling back, but maybe can rally late. But obviously, I have Hoplin as well. But Chris Kirk, 75-1. to one. This guy played well last week. He kind of dipped a little bit. Because, you know, the bear trap at PGA National at the Honda Classic last weekend bite and you. gave some back. So he ended up finishing ninth, but he was a lot better ninth. And that's why you kind of got to look when you're handicapping golf. And if you're looking at recent form and you're looking at these finishes, mm-hmm. you got to keep that in contact and just say, hey, finish ninth or he finished 13th. You got to also look at the circumstances a little bit, too. So that's why I thought Chris Kirk was very live here this week at Orlando. All right. So there's going to be a lot of drama there. And again, we talked about with Steve Sands in the first hour here from the Golf Channel, how you kind of project uh, going forward. Is this a golf course and a result to the point about looking at what the results are? When you get ahead to the players next week, when you get the fifth major, when you get ahead to Augusta the first week of April, mm-hmm. do you look back at a tournament like this or really kind of save this one for the U.S. Open? Well, I think I think you could maybe do a little bit of both in terms of like a correlation to Augusta National. I often think Riviera has been, it has been historically because a sure. lot of duplicate winners, both at Augusta National for the Masters and, of course, Riviera for the Genesis Invitational. We've seen it over the years. Now, do I think 19-under is going to win the Masters this year? I wouldn't think so. I think, uh, <laughs> you know, well, that's what Joaquin Neiman uh, got us home a couple weeks ago right. out there in L.A. Oh boy, he so, just it. Yeah, so I, I that's usually a little bit of a crossover. By the way, Augusta National, they're playing Bermuda a lot here on the greens here in Florida. At Augusta National, those are bent grass greens. Okay. So, yeah, when you, when you look at it, and Augusta National is also one of those tournaments, when you look at the Masters, I think it's about the most indicative or predictive of any event on the PGA Tour because guys that usually play well there or have a good history there are guys that usually win there. You know, I, the Sergio Garcia, when he beat Justin mm. Rose uh, in that playoff several years ago, Sergio had never played well, so that was no. such an outlier. But you usually see these guys play well at the Masters over and over again. That's why you see Spieth up there pretty much every year. Even when he was struggling, he played well at Augusta. Yeah, he always did. So, again, re- remember that before you look at some of those futures boards here coming up for Augusta and next week. Uh, certainly at the players. But again, Victor Hovland's got a birdie putt on 13. Scotty Scheffler's in the rough. So advantage Hovland right now as they play the 13th. And we mentioned Chris Kirk. He's on 14 and just one back of the lead. And Tyrrell Hatton, by the way, part 17, very tough hole. That's picking up ground on the field. He's now teeing off on 18 at four under par. So he could be the clubhouse leader here in very short order if he can come through a part or better on 18. So right now I'm seeing he's about uh, 10 to 1 is mm-hmm. what I'm seeing for Terrell Hatton uh, to possibly pull a, sh- yeah. a shocker there yeah. and complete this comeback. And meanwhile here, the Missouri Valley Championship game is still going on. Uh, the Drake is alive because Loyola keeps missing foul shots at the line. Loyola is going to inbound here. 22.8 left to go here in St. Louis, uh, 60 to 58 as Drake's going to try a trap Whoa. and they trap the first pass, yeah. which 
I often recommend you do in this mm. game situation. Now they got a foul, though, because a lot of times these teams that are down, they, like, immediately foul, Dave. Right. They never try to go for try the, to steal. the steal. They never try a trap here. It's like you've got some time, so if you lose, like, a couple seconds, it's okay when you're only down two. So, look, what they were trying to do is trap and maybe see if they could get a 10-second uh, a, uh, violation. They do not, so Schweiger to the line for Loyola. 81%, only one or two on the day, but Loyola has been leaving some points at the line here and leaving Drake alive. Okay, so we'll see if that plays out again. Pre-flop, that number right now, if you took Drake, you're hanging in there. But again, crazy things can happen when your season's on the line. This 15 seconds, we talked about how long it took to play six seconds. We'll see how long it takes to play 15 seconds. Both those free throws are good. So Loyola has got a four-point lead here in the waning second. Is Sister Jean going to be going back to the NCAA tournament? It looks like it. So 12 seconds left to go. That shot is missed by Drake. Loyola that's with the rebound. Just about and that's about it. all she wrote here. 62 to 58. 6.1 seconds left to go. A lot of teams on the bubble might Oof. be breathing a little easier. We talked about that with Murray State. They yeah. didn't want that bid stealer. Moorhead State in the Ohio Valley. Some of these bubblicious teams, the Indianas, Virginia Techs, Florida, Virginia Rutgers, perhaps VCU. We'll see if the A-10 gets two bids. But a lot of these teams breathing a little bit easier because Loyola, I think, would have been under strong consideration for an at-large bid. Whether they got in or not, who knows. But don't have to worry about it now. They are going to be the AQ, the automatic qualifier, out of the Missouri Valley Conference. All right, and this is where the bad beat scenario could come in. If you back Drake here, just seeing how long it takes to play this 6.1 seconds, as Loyola has made the first, mm -hmm. and now they have a five-point lead with six seconds to go. Five and a half was the closer Boy. at that MGM. So, again, five and a half, these closing numbers, and, again, we always talk about closing line value. <laughs> Boy, does it come into play, West? just about every game. And we always talk about, you know, how tight these lines end up being. That frow shot rattles in. We'll see if Drake can get a late three. Obviously, this is where you're like, Drake, back off. You know, you don't right. want to foul here necessarily. So, uh We'll turnover. see, I believe, a turnover. That is not going to matter. Loyola is not only going to get the win, they're going to get the cover. 64-58, your final score in the Missouri Valley Final. So there it is. Another dance ticket has been punched. Congratulations to Sister Jean, Loyola Chicago. They get that win as the M Missouri Valley Conference champions. They, what a great win. And they just keep going because, of course, Porter Moser now at Oklahoma. Drew Valentine, former player at Loyola, takes over. Just keeps rolling along there in the Chicago. The machine keeps rolling, and it is rolling. When we come back, we're going to catch up with Josh Edwards. He is there at Indy, your old stomping grounds, to talk about what he's seeing today at the NFL Combine. Come on back. It is Betting Across America on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Turn more. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24 7 streaming daily best bet emails and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops Peterson, on every key team conference and player to watch from the favorites to the potential Cinderella's. Sign up today to get the betting guide, plus full access to VEASAN through April 5th for only $19 at VEASAN.com slash Madness. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is Betting Across America here on a Sunday from Circus Sportsbook in Las Vegas. And Wes, we have a tie now very quickly 
uh, at the uh, at Bay Hill. Victor Hovland sharing the lead right now with Scotty Scheffler as they come down the stretch. There. Yeah, and a couple guys right behind a four under Tyrrell Hatton playing 18 right now. Gary Woodland and Chris Kirk. Scotty Scheffler right now the small favorite at Ooh. 175. Victor Hovland two to one. Woodland six to one. Hatton six fifty. Chris Kirk nine to one. Horschel twenty to one. All right, let's uh, get an update now on everything going on with the NFL Combine going on in Indianapolis. Great to have Josh Edwards on the program. Follow him at Edwards CBS, of course, the CBS Sports NFL draft writer. Uh, and uh, it's great to have you on, Josh. Let's talk about maybe some perceptions that have changed from what you've seen over the weekend. And I don't know how much it really does affect it, but I look at the odds, obviously, to be the number one draft pick. And one name I just want to throw out at 31, 35 to 1 is Malik Willis. It feels like, Josh, a lot of people are now looking at Malik Willis and saying, hey, he might not go number one, but he might be that first quarterback taken in the NFL draft. From what you've seen, has your perception changed after this weekend in Indianapolis? Well, I wouldn't say it so much has uh, changed. I think Malik Willis is kind of what we have always known him to be, which is this very talented quarterback with elite mobility, um, that has some development to do as a passer. I think when you're evaluating these quarterbacks in Indianapolis, the one thing that you're not able to get a gauge of is their ability to process, their ability to um, you know, read defenses. And the stuff that we had seen from Willis this year is that he has a tendency to hold on to the football. And maybe that's as a result of him trying to do too much when you know he's on a team that doesn't have as much talent as maybe his competition. Um, but that's something that he's going to have to improve upon at the next level. He's got to get the ball out quicker, take fewer sacks. If he can develop as a passer and it catches up to where he is as a mobile quarterback, you're talking about a potentially elite prospect. So that's why there is some conversation that he deserves to be the first quarterback off the board because he has that potential to be one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL, even if he does have quite a ways to go to get there. Josh, in terms of the quarterbacks, and look, about a month or two ago, maybe not a lot of them had first-round grades, but we anticipate, and I've been looking at all the mocks, including your guys at CBS Sports, and anticipating that there might be five here in the first round, but where do you think the first uh, draft pick is going to be? We know that the top five, probably not looking for quarterbacks, may be open for business to trading down. Mm. Where do you think the first one's going to go? Carolina at six, I know, is the logical, but do you think maybe it goes a little bit later? Well, you're kind of looking at that range. Uh, like you said, it starts with Carolina at six. You've got Washington that's going to be probably in the mix for a quarterback, even though there's several reports that they're looking possibly at a veteran quarterback. Uh, Denver, if they're not able to land Aaron Rodgers, then they're obviously a team that makes a lot of sense for a quarterback. Uh, New Orleans, Pittsburgh, those teams are in the uh, bottom half of the teams, you know, early 20s. They could be in the mix for a quarterback. So, I think once you Carolina is kind of the outlier at number six, but I think once you get to like number nine and then you start working through the teams, that's probably where you're going to start seeing the movement at the quarterback position, which could be very beneficial for teams because you talked about quarterbacks that could be taken in the first round. I still don't have a first round grade on any of these quarterbacks, wow. which essentially means that that. uh, I could see them being an all pro caliber player as they are currently constructed. And I, I don't see that kind of potential for any of them. I mean, if, if Malik Willis develops as a passer, then sure, you know, we, 
might have that conversation down the road, but I think there's a ceiling on those other guys. But as we've seen in the NFL draft, if you do not have a quarterback, then you're chasing the position. So teams are going to get desperate and they're going to draft quarterbacks higher than they should be taken because we're not going to see the type of movement in the veteran market the way that we had anticipated. Absolutely. Talking with Josh Allen, uh, Josh Edwards, rather, from CBS Sports. And Josh, when you, you look at non-quarterbacks, and Evan Neal right now is the smallest favorite to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. And again, uh, you look at guys like Aiden Hutchinson uh, there at, at plus $5 and Kayvon Thibodeau at about 15 to 1. Is it to you that it has to be Evan Neal number one? Or again, trade possibilities always could switch that equation. What is it about Neil that you think makes him so enticing that they say, you know what, maybe we don't want to trade out of the spot and we want to take this kid number one overall? Yeah, I think when you're talking about those three offensive tackles that are generally generally regarded as the top options in this class, you've got Mississippi State's Charles Cross, you've got Alabama's Evan Neal, and you've got NC State's Ike Aquanu. Um, Aquanu is known more as this tenacious run blocker Charles Cross is known more as this, you know, polished pass protector. Um, and Neil is kind of the healthy balance between the two. So that's kind of the reason. And, you know, just given his, his sheer size, he's six foot seven, 337 pounds. <laughs> doesn't look like he's carrying more than, you know, 15% body fat. He's just absolutely absurd the way that he's constructed. So that's why everybody is discussing him as the potential number one overall pick. But I will say, and I did not see this coming into the week, but I will say that Ike Kwanu is probably good value right now based mm-hmm. on the way that he tested with Neil standing on the sideline. Yeah, no question yeah. about it. Right now, we're seeing Aquanu right now at uh, $2. Here is the second favorite on the board with Neil minus 115. Uh, it is interesting because, again, he is rising up quickly. But, yeah, we'll see if there's any trade scenarios. But if not, you kind of feel like those are the one and two yeah, guys Yeah, right he's been kind of the buzz. I know Jacksonville, Trent Balky said they were open for business, but nobody's going to need to trade up to number one to get a quarterback. <laughs> Why would you do that? So protect your best asset, Trevor Lawrence. That makes absolute sense. Uh, Josh, one of the buzz uh, about the combine this week was Thursday night when all these 40 times were coming across the Twitter machine if you weren't <laughs> watching the coverage on the NFL Network. And we were seeing the times ended up being off, but we're seeing all these guys running four twos. It's like the fastest class ever in terms of receivers. Now, they adjusted to time, still very fast times. Any receiver that you think really kind of improved their stock a little bit this week? Well, I would look at two, and those those two guys are Georgia's George Pickens and North Dakota State's Christian Watson. Both of them tested very well. Uh, Pickens ran a four four three in the forty yard dash, which is fantastic given his size. Um, you know, traditionally when you're looking at those outside receivers in the NFL, you're looking for size, uh, length, the ability to win down the field. Pickens has that. I mean, he's coming off an injury. He had the ACL injury, but uh, returned to Georgia late in the year, wasn't very effective, uh, was a little bit surprised that he decided to enter this draft class. But when you're talking about a prospect that has the potential to be that top wide receiver in the NFL, um, I think it's Pickens. And then when you look at what Watson did this week, um, he tested you know, off the charts in every single category. So when you look at his size, um, again, a very tall prospect that's well-built, that's going to have teams going back to look more closely at his film. And I think 
they're going to like what they see. He's a guy that's probably going to rise up to the boards to the point where maybe we're talking about him in the first round. Uh, Pickens is a guy that I think would have been in the first round had he not suffered that injury uh, coming into the year. I think he was a top 20 prospect for me before that injury. So you get kind of an idea of what talent we're working with. And as long as the medical is cleared this week, I think there's a possibility he's able to sneak into the first round, if not the early second. Got 90 seconds to go here with Josh Edwards from CBS Sports. And Josh, when you look at a couple quarterbacks uh, not named Malik Willis here, I do want to get your quick thoughts on Kenny Pickett and Matt Corral and Sam Howell. Are they all kind of in the same bunch to you, or is anybody maybe separating out of those three? Just from a pure passer standpoint, I would say Pickett is probably the most polished at this point. Um, Corral for me showed improved decision-making this year. He gets the ball out quickly. There's going to be concerns about the offense that he comes from that lane Kiffin RPO style offense. Um, but I think there are some positive traits that you can take from that. Uh, Pickett, the issue is going to be his hand size. He had a lot of fumbles <laughs> in college, but you know, was that attributed to his hand size? He's, he's playing in Pittsburgh. So it's not like he's, you know, been running away from the cold weather his entire life. Right. Um, so that's going to be an issue for some teams. It's not going to be an issue for every team. And then Desmond Ritter, I think when you're talking about prospects that really helped themselves this week, Ritter has to be in that conversation because he tested uh, with Willis on the sideline. He tested off the charts. I mean, he was an outlier in every sense against the other quarterbacks that went out and did testing. So, um, you know, when teams go back and look at his film, they're going to see where he struggled and, um, you know, really take a chance on what he could become in the NFL. I cannot wait to see. We always, you know, say it's not going to be a lot of quarterbacks taken, then a lot of quarterbacks right. seem to get taken. Hey, Josh, appreciate the time and the information. I will catch up again soon. Absolutely, guys. Any time. All Thank right, you, Josh. There he is Josh Edwards of CBS Sports. When we come back, we got a lot of drama going on. And right now, Michigan State with a shutout over Maryland. We'll explain. Come on back. It's Visa, the Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer for the NBA. Simply place a $10 money on wager in any game, and if either team hits a three-pointer, you're going to win 200 bucks in free bets. Just use the bonus code VSIN200 when you make your very first wager. Plus, you're going to earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps at over 20 BetMGM resorts nationwide. BetMGM is the proud to be the authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use the bonus code VSIN200 to win 200 bucks in free bets if a three-pointer made in the game you wager on. Eligible restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is now withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is Betting Across America right here on VEASAN. And right now, we're watching the drama unfold, and it is unfolding at Bay Hill. Tyrrell Hatton, we had mentioned earlier that if you could get in through 17 and 18, very tough finishing holes, you might be able to post a score. He did. He shot a 69 today. That's three under. Mm-hmm. He's now your clubhouse leader at four under par. Uh, how about Billy Horseshoes? He's fought back from an awful start. He's yeah. just three under par and just two off the lead. And right now, a long par save coming up here for Scotty Scheffler. He's in jeopardy of dropping a shot back to four under. Victor Hovland and Scheffler currently tied at five under. Yeah, Hovland right now plus 160. So eight to five here at BetMGM. Scheffler three to one, seven to two on Gary Woodland. Terrell Hatton, you mentioned the clubhouse leader, five to one. Billy Horschel, 14 to one. Chris Kirk, 16 to one. Taylor Gooch did just make birdie, but that was to get to two under. So he is still three back. He is 50 to one all currently at BetMGM. It is interesting because, again, when you look at these live numbers as they're coming in here, boy, you know, we saw last we saw last week where we thought, well, Daniel Berger is going to coast to the bear trap, got that huge lead, and that was gone early. Yeah. This one, it's still kind of the same names. We do have some jockeying for position as the day is gone, but I think this should be a lesson if you're a live in-game golf mm-hmm. wager that, boy, it – 18 holes of golf. As you and I sat here last week with yeah. all that drama at the Bear Trap, we're seeing a lot of it unfold here. Know the course. Know what the finishing holes look like before you you hop on the favorite because sometimes yeah. guys can't come from behind. Well, while, while Steve Sands uh, was waiting to come on here from the Golf Channel, he joined us earlier in this hour, or last hour, mm-hmm. rather, and, you know, he talked about, yeah, Gary Woodland at one point was like 100 to 1 yesterday, just a few back. And then all of a sudden uh, uh, here at four under par. So Gary Woodland, absolutely right in the mix. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, as you mentioned, is going to have to save par from about 22 feet or just inside of 22 feet. Mm-hmm. Victor Hovland did the greed side bucker. So that's why you're not seeing him as wow. the odds on favorite. He is the eight to five favorite, but he's got a, a tough bunker shot. Really? 
And I mentioned that with Steve Sands earlier. That bunker play yesterday, he hit about three bunker shots on the back nine that were absolutely fat Eesh. and left him long par save putts that he couldn't save here. So uh, we'll see. And that's kind of the one drawback on Victor Hovland. This guy's got the game, and I think he's going to win a bunch yes. for the next you know decade plus, even maybe even two decades. But He's got to shore up that game a little bit around the green uh, a little. The putter is shaky, but look, a lot of elite guys have shaky putters. Mm -hmm. Colin Barakawa, one of the best in the world. Justin Thomas could be shaky with the putter. Rory McIlroy, they just happened to show those three on a commercial there (laughs) while we're waiting for play to resume. All three of those guys can be a little bit shaky with the putter. So, you know. That's kind of the last thing I think you develop more often than not as an elite player. But Victor Hovland's such a terrific ball striker, but he's going to have to get up and down. He is in the back of the green, sailed it over. So about 80 feet away. Ooh. And and he hit that pretty oh, darn yeah. hard and it hit the pin. It sure did. But he's going to have about an eight footer, it looks like, to save that par. Heck of a shot, though, out of the bunker. Almost flew it. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, that way I, I, I might have just barely missed the pin, but it dead stopped about two feet from the hole and then rolls a little bit, about five or six feet. So now Scotty Scheffler will have to try to save par That's from about 22 feet. Scotty Scheffler is one of those young guys, though, that are a very good putter. He made mm-hmm. some big ones, uh, made a big 30-footer for me on Super Bowl Sunday oh. to win the Waste Management Phoenix Open. But uh, I would like him not to make this one. That would be preferred for me personally. Very quickly, if I gave you right now, knowing what we know here, and I said, T. Hatton, Tyrrell Hatton, four to one, in the clubhouse, would you rather have Hatton, money on Hatton, or would you rather have it on anybody else still out there in the golf? You know, I would probably say, actually, I'd probably rather have it on Scotty Scheffler as he nails a 22-footer for par. Oh, and now Victor Hovland's save. got some damage to do or some damage to get over here because he's going to have to save par that after that bunker shot. That is a miraculous all-world par that, by that, Scotty Scheffler. He, he, he might be your outright leader after this hole. Oh, we'll see my. what Victor Hovland does here. You mentioned it where on Super Bowl Sunday where he makes these bomb putts. So, again, about 10 seconds. Go. I might have said, give me Tyrrell Hatton, thinking mm-hmm. that Scheffler is going to bogey and possibly Victor Hovland, which would have fallen those guys back down to four under par. But right now, Scheffler's got three holes to play. He's at five under. And now Hovland's going to have the tester, but a knee knocker looking at about eight feet to try to save his par. Woodwind is on 16. He is just one off the lead here. Hatton, as we mentioned, in the clubhouse. And then there's Billy Horschel. Mm-hmm. who still has holes to play. He's on 15, and now he is only two shots off the league. Chris Kirk is also at three under par with a couple holes left to play. This thing is not yeah, over Yeah, this is shot. going to be a this is going to be a biggie for Victor, and we'll see if he can save this as Scotty Scheffler. That's kind of hard when you're in Man. the same pairing because they're in the second-to-last group, by that? the way. Drops that bomb Horschel on you. and Gooch are your final pairing, so they're playing one group ahead. So Hovland and eight-footer here. We'll see if he can make it. These are the ones you got to make if you're wanting to win these big tournaments, and, and he, he did not. not. So wow. Victor Hovland now falls to four under par, one back. Scotty Sheffield, your outright leader. Terrell Hatton, Gary Woodland also at four under par. Billy Horschel and Chris Kirk at three under. A lot of drama there to unfold here in the next hour. We'll, we'll break all that down. I mentioned as we were going to break that Michigan State was pitching a shutout against Maryland. Maryland has finally scored. They are under the 15-minute. It was 14 nothing. Maryland gets a free to 14 to one. Mm-hmm. So if you're a live wager, I don't know why you would be apt now to hop in on the Terps, but they are down 16 to one with 14 and a half minutes to go in the first. Half. Yeah. Uh, Michigan wow. state has come out fired up. They've kind of been a little shaky of late down the season, but uh, not so shaky this afternoon. They were only laying six. And mm. I thought that that number was about right. And I did not bet this game, but 
you know, 16 to one, uh, nice start here for the Spartans. Uh, Maryland has gotten it back to uh, 15 and 15. Maryland is going to be one of those bottom four seeds in the Big Ten tournament in Indianapolis. So they're going to have to play that first day. Michigan State, I do believe if they win here, they'll be the seven seed and Michigan will fall to the eight seed and there'll be Michigan and Indiana and the ultimate Loser leaves town match on Thursday morning in Indianapolis. All right. So, again, uh, we'll keep an eye there. But all Sparty right now, 16 to 1, right now with 14 minutes to go in in the first half. Another one that has come back here, uh, not covering the 10-point number. That was the closing number. But SMU, 68-62. Remember, SMU, one of these, like, last four in Mm -hmm. or first four out, depending on what you're looking at. The American Conference, we know that they're going to likely get two bids. They're going to get Houston and Memphis. But SMU has kind of played their way into consideration, gotten very hot here late yeah. in the season. They got a win over Houston a couple weeks ago, trying to go to 22-7. and seven. Currently up on Tulane two minutes ago, 68-62. They're at halftime. Chattanooga all over Wofford right now, 38-20 in that semifinal matchup there. Uh, Navy, by the way, only a four-point lead over Boston U. They're also at halftime. Uh, and you mentioned there SMU holding on to that six-point lead late against Tulane. Anything there second half that you would consider hopping in on, or is that kind of staying? Well, I, I, I'm looking a little bit right now, and, and at Chattanooga is a team I do have on a two-to-one plus two-dollar future okay. to win the SoCon. If they would win, they would play the winner of Samford and Furman. That starts at 6:30 Eastern, 3:30 Pacific in the other SoCon semifinal, but. You know, they, they've beaten Wofford twice yeah. and look on a way to doing it a third time. Wofford kind of a little bit of a tough matchup for this Chattanooga team. So I haven't uh, played anything yet. I'll be looking and observing these lines and see if I want to jump in on something. Okay. We do have an NBA game, although at mm-hmm. halftime, if you want to jump in on that. Phoenix Suns, 63 to 60 over the Milwaukee Bucks and Bucks minus eight for the second half, 117 and a half on the total. By the way, I mentioned earlier, no no Chris Paul, of course. He hadn't been there for a couple weeks now. No Devin Booker as well. But if I were to be looking at this, I, I might think that the defense shows up a little bit in the second half. Maybe under 117.5 is where I would go Phoenix-Milwaukee. By the way, 18-1, to 1, the beat goes on for Michigan State. They are absolutely laying out Maryland right now. And very interesting change here. Gary Winwood just stuck the green on his approach. He's now the second favorite. Mm-hmm. Scotty Scheffler is a fa- Victor Hovland is now the third favorite. I'm seeing almost four to one here uh, as Hovland plays the 16th. Both of these guys, Woodland and Hovland and Tyrrell Hatton in the clubhouse chasing Scotty Scheffler. Obviously, Hatton can't can't chase anymore. Yeah. His body of work this, is done for the this day. This is the par five, by the way, the 16th. They have a par five and then the par three at 17, which has been a nightmare for these players Boy. this week. And then close out on 18 a par four so Scheffler plus a dollar 25 Woodland three to one Victor Hovland seven to two Terrell Hatton leader in the clubhouse is seven to one Billy Horschel 12 to one Chris Kirk 25 to one. all right when we come back and talk to Akeem Prophet talk about maybe some NBA futures that we like out there as we take a look at the landscape that is the National Basketball Association come on back it is VEASAN the sports betting now I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.